um, talking about facing your giants. Amen. We, we started off last week and we started talking about facing your giants. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17, our character today. We're going to do a character study today. Um, if you want to learn about somebody, look at their character. Amen. Really, look at their character. Character speaks. And I believe that you'll see some things in this passage today that will bless you. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 14. Verse 14, amen. Um, is it verse 14? Yes. Verse 12, it says, Now David was the son of the Ephratite of Bethlehem in Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons, and Jesse was old in the days of Saul, advancing in years among men. The three eldest uh, sons of Jesse had gone after Saul to the battle. The names of these three sons who went to battle was Elab, the firstborn, and the second to him was Abinadab, and the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. Now the three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's flock at Bethlehem. The Philistine came forward morning and evening for how many days? For 40 days and took his stand. Then Jesse said to David, his son, take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these 10 loaves and run up to the camp and uber to them, to your brothers. Bring also these 10 cut of cheese, cheese sandwiches, to the commander and their thousands and look into the welfare of your brothers and bring back news of them. For Saul... And they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. I want to talk about this morning facing your giants part two, preparation. Tell your neighbor preparation. Last week we looked at the challenge that the Israelites faced in the valley of Elah, we found out that when you face giants, there are some things that you need to be aware of. I told you last week about intimidation, insecurities. The enemy has designed certain giants in our lives or placed certain giants in our lives that we just can't conquer. Giants are everywhere. And oftentimes we've allowed them to live rent free in our minds, in our lives. They're taking up space. We're afraid to kick them out. Uh, we're afraid to evict them. We tell ourselves we can't. Uh, it's too hard. This is how it is. It will never change. I can't win. It's like an alcoholic that thinks he can't function properly without a drink. A drug addict that feels like life without drugs. Amen. I, if, if I don't have the drugs, I cannot be creative. 
I cannot function without it. I've tried to live soberly, but it just seems like it doesn't work. How many times have, you li- have we lied to ourselves? How many times have we told ourselves that this giant will always be a passenger? Come on, somebody. A tormentor in my life. I don't know about you, but there are some giants that we face. There are some giants that I'm facing in my own life. And it's amazing because we've come to adapt, amen, to where our giants have us. Israel is in the valley. And while in the valley, they, the showdown is here. The challenge has been thrown out. And you know, what, you know what's crazy? Anytime Israel has ever went to battle, whatever the challenge was, they could meet it. Whatever the challenge was, amen, they had the confidence that no matter how big it was, they understood how big their God was. I believe there comes a time where we become so comfortable with our relationship with God that we start forgetting how big he is. A man without the spirit, like Saul, amen, who is leading an army, who they are They are relying more on their physical strength rather than their spiritual strength. I want to tell you something. You can be strong in mind and strong in will, but without the spirit of God, without the spiritual aspect of your battle, you know, that battle can become very difficult. God had another plan, though. God knew that because of where they were and who was leading them, that they would need something supernatural. That they would need what I call a divine intervention. A divine intervention. Come on, somebody. Have you ever seen God intervene? Come on and help me, somebody. Have you ever seen God step in and do something that you thought you had to do, but all in the while he was working it out he was preparing something so that you wouldn't have to step up to that situation have you ever seen god make a way out of nowhere anybody wouldn't you like to face your giants wouldn't you like to live free wouldn't you amen love to live a life amen where you are free of fear and the fear that haunts you, the fear that paralyzes you. Well, today I believe that you can. Today I believe that if we look at the backdrop of this story, we find that David is a man that God was preparing, amen, to help these people to understand that without God's help, it is impossible. How many believe that? How many believe that you can't do this life by yourself? How many believe that without God, amen, life can become very, very difficult? Do I have anybody? Have you ever tried to live without him? <laughs> have you ever tried to distance yourself from him? Have you ever tried to reason in your mind that, you know what, I don't need all this. And only to find yourself in a place where you realize how much you needed him. How many need him today? I want to say to somebody here today, you can face your giants. 
There's a few things I want to look at with David. The Bible says that they are in this showdown. And we get to verse, verse uh, 14, we find that David is on an assignment. But there's something about you have to really look at when it comes down to facing your giants. Amen. And so if I look at this text, I see something and I'm going to, I'm going to contrast verse 16 and verse 17 together. I'm going to parallel it here in a second. But watch this. The Bible says David, verse 14, was the youngest. You see that? Amen. Now, now he was the what? He was the youngest. And I believe that youth doesn't mean you can't be used by God. Come on, somebody. I, I don't believe that just because you're young, it means that you can't stand up to your giant. As a matter of fact, I believe that when you're in your youthfulness, that's the time to practice. That's the time to realize that you can stand up against these giants. Are you with me? Here's the thing. The first thing I see in this text is I see David's heart. I want to say to you today, you have to realize that if you're in your preparation, you have to ask yourself this question. What's in my heart? What type of heart do I have? Amen. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. You don't have to go there. When Samuel, when Samuel went to look for the next king of Israel, the Lord spoke to him and said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the at his appearance on the outside or his height or his stature because I have rejected him. Listen, we think that just because we're strong physically that we can fight these battles. But I want to say to somebody here today, God does not look at how strong you are physically. He wants to know what's going on in your heart. The text says, for God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If you're going to face your giant, you have to ask yourself a question, what's going on in my heart? Is it fear in there? Is it doubt? Is it disappointment? Do you feel like you will never make it because it's already in your heart? It's lodged into your heart. The heart is the seat of our emotions. The heart is the mission control of life. The Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. And I want to say to somebody here, fear is pumping in your heart when you face your giants. When you see your giants, you got to know that when your heart is right. I'm going to say it one more time. When your heart is right, you can face your giants. When your heart is right with God, when you say, God, here's my heart, don't look at how I look or how I sound, but realize that God can take the weakest person, but he sees what you don't see, and he sees the heart of that person. In chapter 13, in chapter 13, God says to Samuel, but now your kingdom shall endure forever. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. 
So can you see why I believe that really what qualified David for this challenge is the fact that God knows David's heart. May I ask you a question? What's in your heart? What's really in your heart? Your heart is where everything goes, goes down. Your heart is where things come together. But I want to say something to somebody here today. We often walk with fear in our hearts. What are we afraid of? If God, you know, I have people say only God knows me. You're right. Only God knows your heart. David, David's heart was right before God. He was the youngest he, he wasn't the strongest. Amen. He wasn't, he, watch this, he wasn't the man that everybody thought he was. But the one thing you know about David, he was a man after God's own heart. Come on, say amen. He was a man after God's own heart. And if you're going to face your giants, and if you're going to face your giants today, you have to realize that God sees your heart. Listen, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Come on, somebody. You may not live up to what they want you to live up to, but tell your neighbor, God sees my heart. God knows my heart. Are you with me? Verse 13, watch this. He says, he says, he says, I'm sorry, verse 14, he says, watch what he says. He says, now the three, I'm sorry, the, the next thing about David, I got to stay right there just David was the youngest. <laughs> Watch this. The next thing that we find about David, not only was it David's heart, but here's how you're going to face your giants. You ready? David's anointing. Do you not know that the only way you can win in this life is if you have the anointing? And I'm talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the setting apart from the beginning of time that God has chosen you. God has selected you. The anointing was significant because it was an act of installing a person into a special office. In chapter 13, the Bible says when Samuel took the, took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. I'm trying to help you with something. Don't try to face your giant in the flesh. Ask God for the filling. Ask God, Lord, fill me afresh. Lord, you know what's going on in my heart, but I need the anointing so I can stand in the face of my giants and I can say, I will conquer this. Do I have anybody? Because without the filling, come on somebody. Without the filling of the Spirit, it's impossible to be led by the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit leads you, when the Holy Spirit guides you, when the Holy Spirit brings you to a place where you can say, God, I stand in front of this giant today, and I know I have the anointing. I know I have the filling. Listen, everybody's anointing is different. Amen. And let me say this. God will anoint you to face your giant, not everybody else's giant. David, David, the Bible says the all poured upon him because God does not see as man sees. For God sees what? The heart. And because of David's heart, he had next the anointing. And I want to say to somebody here today, 
God has set you apart. The world wants to rob you of your anointing. Come on somebody. But if you stand in the calling that God has for your life. Could it be that the giants that are, you are facing are trying to hold you back from your ultimate purpose in life? The devil wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. And he wants to show up as giants in your life. But if we operate in the power of the Holy Ghost, come on somebody. If we stand boldly and say, God, I'm going to stand in this anointing. I'm going to not fear what you put before me because I know that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Do I have anybody? But here's the problem with our anointing. Here's the problem with our heart. The next part of verse 14, it says, and now the three oldest followed who? Followed who? Saul. They followed Saul. Can I ask you a question? Who are you following? Because that makes a difference. So the next thing I see is David's poor examples. May I help you with something? Until you find somebody to line your life with an example. Here's what I'm saying to you. You cannot face your giants if all you see is failures. You cannot fail your, face your giant if everybody around you is walking around with no spirit, no heart, and no anointing. I'm trying to help somebody. You've been lining yourself up with people that you think is winning. They may be winning in the physical, but they're not winning in the spiritual. They're not winning in prayer. They're not winning in praise. They're not winning in purpose. They're not winning because, watch this, what, they're giving you the illusion that they're winning. But baby boo, they ain't winning. Here's the thing. You have to pay close attention to who you follow. The text says that the oldest brothers, now listen, David is the younger brother. He's about 16 here. And who are you going to look up to? Your oldest brothers. As a matter of fact, he was Ubering for them. He had Uber Eats. That's what, that's what was his job. His job was to bring cheese and wine and bread. That was his job. What an example. But I remember uh, the book, A Shepherd's View of Psalm 23, where it says that David, when he was out in the fields tending to the sheep, he was learning lessons about God. He would look up in the sky and he would say, oh, how wonderful you are, oh God. How majestic is your ways. Come on, somebody. When he would go down to the valleys in Bethlehem to try to rescue all of the sheep that would stray away, he wrote that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures as he lays on the green grass and the grass touches his face he realized that there is a god but i have poor examples in front of me so i have a choice whether to follow them or follow god do i have anybody verse 15 it says and david went back and forth from saul look at that to 10 to his father's flock at Bethlehem. 
You say, How, what does this have to do? Verse up all the way to verse 18. I'm cutting through the grass here. And, and we see that he was uber eating. He was delivering food for his brothers and the armies. But his father was sending him there so that he would get a report on what was going on with his sons. And I want to tell you something. The one thing that I see in this passage that is really important to your facing your giants. The next thing I see, not only do I see David's poor example, but I see David's obedience. I'm trying to help somebody here today to let you know that you ought to be obedient no matter what the task is. This is beneath me. But it's all about God preparing David for his assignment ahead of him. You may be saying, Pastor, I really don't want to do that. Or I really don't want to do this. Or don't you know that everything that you're doing is a preparation for where God is about to take you? And I want to encourage somebody that obedience is better than sacrifice. Because when you have the anointing, come on somebody, when you have the heart, come on somebody, when you follow a good example, you'll realize that it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. I may be at the bottom right now, but you got to thank God that maybe right now you are where you are. You're living in fear. You're living in without a focus, but God is getting ready to do something for you. And I want to help somebody with something. Your obedience is what really matters. Listen, stop telling God what you want to do and say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do because my obedience will prepare me to face my giants. The Bible says he's going back and forth, bringing food to his brothers. And I can see David as such an innocent man, a young boy who... Amen. Who was just doing what young boys do. Come on, somebody. But he wasn't treated well as a young boy. He was out there tending the sheep while his brothers, who were, who were tall, dark, and handsome, they were getting all the play. David was out here with some sheeps. And he was, a, he was a waiter. He was going back and forth, bringing food. But the one thing I love about David, that no matter what the task looked like, he was obedient. Don't despise small beginnings. Because I want to help somebody with something. I'm a living witness that if you stay obedient to the calling. If you stay obedient to the anointing. If you stay obedient to the task at hand. When that giant shows up in your life. You can have what I call recall. You can go back to those days where God was training you and God was preparing you and God was preserving you for a time like this. The Bible says in verse 19, I'm closing. Amen. It says that for Saul, it says, in verse 18, it says, bring all these 10 cut of cheese to the commanders of their thousand and look into the wealthy of your brothers, this is daddy, and bring back news of them. Verse 19, for Saul and they, watch this now, are all the, and all the men of Israel are in the what? In the valley of what? In the valley of Elah. Watch this now. Fighting 
with the Philistines. Now let me say this. They wasn't fighting. Misinformation. What they were doing. They were facing off. The fight hadn't started yet. And so what I, what I lastly what I see, lastly what I see from David, and tell your neighbor preparation, okay? And that's really, really the last point is very important. I couldn't understand it until the Holy Spirit revealed it. The last point here is this, David's development. You know why a lot of us can't face our giants? Because we don't finish the process of development. Because we think, oh no, I, I'm good. I didn't, I, look, I've been carrying cheese too long. I've been carrying bread too long. David's development is what I see because watch this. Next week when we go into the next part, you'll see why this young boy had a holy disgust inside of him to say, why y'all letting these people punk us? Today's language. Why would you let the, this uncircumcised Philistine taunt us. Don't you know who you are? But I believe those years of, of tending sheep, those years of, come on somebody, of, of going back and forth, uh, this, these years of, come on somebody, you've been preparing, watch this, don't let nobody stop your development. Don't let nobody stop you from getting better, from getting stronger, from getting wiser. From Listen, from allowing that things in your life to stop the flow of what God is trying to do right now. Let me say this. In God, David's development, I see God's providence. And I see God's preparation of David. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what it looks like, you got to hold on. You got to stand firm. Listen, you may have Kool-Aid pumping through your heart because when you see that giant, them cookies look real good. <laughs> Come on. That giant look real big. But you got to stand and say, God, I can conquer this. I can conquer this. I can conquer this attitude. I can conquer this mindset. I can conquer this. I can get over this issue. I can get over this trial. I can learn better. Come on, somebody, because my development was not in vain. But you know what I found out? It all goes back to two things. Listen to God's testimony of David. He was a man after my own heart he was a man after my own heart so in David's development it means that he's concerned about the things of God when we take our focus off the giant and say the focus is God and you will conquer that giant because you realize that it's by God's providence 
and God's sovereignty that he placed you in that place. There was a TV show about a heavy man who decided to change his life. The man was about a thousand pounds. All he did was lie in bed because that's all he could do. He just laid in bed all day long waiting to die. His doctor came to the house one day and said on a visit and he shrugged his shoulder. He said, hey, there's nothing else I can do for you. You know, I can't do anything else for you. He said, well, if you're just going to lie here and do nothing, you're going to die. I can guarantee you that. Instead of lying there and waiting for death, at least die doing something. At least die doing something. That struck a chord with the man and the television show fast forward two years later and the man had lost 250 pounds. He decided that he didn't want to go out like that. He chose not to settle. Some of us have settled. Although we have the power to get up and do something through the power of God that's working in us to face the giants we've given up. Do I have anybody? Can I encourage you today? Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Don't remember that you have the heart, you have the anointing, you have the obedience, and God is developing you so that you can face your giants. Give God a hand clap of praise.